This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Keeping It 300 brought to you by Blue Wire. We have some great stuff going on, so make sure you check us out at bluewirepods.com. We are a podcasting network launched by Kevin Jones, and Keeping It 300 is just one of several other great pods that are part of our network. So again, check out bluewirepods.com and see what else we have going on. Also, if you're listening to us right now on iTunes, if you haven't done so already, please rate us and write a review. Okay, so I'm done with all the housekeeping stuff. And if you haven't noticed already, I'm Fallon Smith. Uh, James Jones is once again at the NFL Network, uh, squeezing in some time for our podcast. So what's up, Jay? What's going down? You know, I try to take some time out of my busy day just to come and jump on the podcast so pick up people could hear us talk crazy. Or no, not talk crazy. Keep it tree hunting. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you caring. Um, however, you didn't care so much to plug our podcast today when you were on the herd calling <laughs> Cowherd Show. That's a network TV on Fox, big timing. I see you out there. Well, you know, sometimes you just get caught up in the questions they're asking you and you forget to, you know, plug in your own stuff, you know. So I got a little caught up in, you know, what he was asking me and all that. And I wanted to kind of, you know, shoot it to him straight, keep it tree hunting. So I forgot to, I forgot to pub it. That's my bad, though. Now you over here lying because, first of all, I like made a joke before you went on to, to plug us. Uh, number two, I do realize that um, the NFL Network stuff, you know, goes first and they did plug you from or pluck you to be a guest from the NFL Network. Um, but, you know, you do realize you can say and promote anything you want on that show because they asked you to be a guest. So next time you're on, it needs to be a contingency that you're allowed to plug our podcast. I'm just saying. Oh, I absolutely know I could say anything and everything <laughs> I want to say. But what I'm saying is when he was talking to me, I'm trying to answer his question, and I just forgot mm-hmm. to sneak in a little, you know, and pub the, pub the podcast. But, you know. It's all good. More times to come. It's, it's okay. Um, anyways, that would have been free marketing, but whatever. Um, <laughs> you know what's not free? You're supposed to ask me what's up. <laughs> what is not free? I know. I'm coming. I'm t- <laughs> what's not free? God, I was trying to do a, a seamless transition. Clearly, this was not seamless. Oh. But um, Christmas. Christmas is not oh, free. My. Okay. Absolutely not. Christmas is in your pocket 24-7. <laughs> See, I love Christmas though, right? Because obviously it's Jesus's birthday um, and it's a chance to spend time with your loved ones, your family, but I cannot stand the consumer part of it. However, for somebody like you who grew up homeless, <laughs> yes. how do you view Christmas now that you have some money? You know, Fallon, that is a very, very, very good question because I've I've actually battled with this and it's been hard for me because when I got drafted to the National Football League, 
you know, and you come into a lot of money, you're like, dang, you could buy anything, you could, you know, get people anything you want. And, you know, I'm coming from, you know, never really having Christmas, never really even asking for Christmas gifts or anything like that, because I know my mom didn't have any money. So when I had kids, it was like, man, I can't wait. I'm going to get them anything and everything. And the first couple years, Oh my goodness, it was a million gifts under the tree and they couldn't even play with them. They was too little. But <laughs> me growing up homeless, I'm like, this is what I want for my kids. I want them to have a big tree. I want them to have a hundred gifts to open under the tree because I didn't have none, you know? Yeah. And that's that that was something I something that I battled with. And then I started realizing, man, kids kids really don't even need all that. Like now my kids are seven and five and, you know, we buy them gifts and they'll pick the worst gift of them all and play with it all year long. And I'm like, my goodness, I spent all this money doing this and that. He wants the the weakest toy, <laughs> the two ninety nine toy. I'm like, if yeah. I knew now, I bought seventeen two ninety nine toys and just let him go to work. And I started realizing, man, they don't even really need all that. It was just me, you know what I'm saying, wanting to give them all that because I was homeless and the way I grew up yeah. and all that, wanting to give them that. But they didn't even require all that. So now I'm like, okay, you get a couple gifts under the tree because I know you're gonna grab this and play with it and forget about all the other ones and you know not even want to open gifts once you see this one. So, you know, I'm still I'm able to save a little bit of money now. You know, we definitely had the opposite experience because the problem in our household is my parents spoiled the crap out of us when we were little. I remember ages like three, four, five and six. I can remember those years for sure um, that we had presents filled to the dang top of our Christmas tree. I mean, it was insane. Mm-hmm. And we didn't deserve that. We did not deserve that at all. <laughs> I don't think I don't think any kid deserves that. But as parents, that's what you want for your kids, you know? Yeah. And and, and till this day, I I feel so guilty about how much of a brat that I was back in the day. And, you know, I I didn't appreciate my parents like I should have, you know, because my mom and dad, they worked their butts off for us and did so much for us. But I remember this one Christmas, I think I was in middle school. My dad bought me a gold necklace. I remember opening the box. And I said, oh, who wears gold? Only old oh, people wear gold. Oh, just ungrateful. Oh, my God. Like, even telling the story, I get a pit in my stomach because I'm embarrassed. And I will slap my child mm-hmm. if they were ungrateful like I was. But it's funny because now all I wear is gold. But back then, I'm like, my grandma wears gold. I We wear silver. <laughs> you know, I'm a kid. Yeah. I remember he took that back and he didn't give me nothing in return. And I didn't deserve it. But it's funny because my parents, they gave up on us because we were such brats. And uh, they started just giving us cards with money in it and said, you know, go buy your own Christmas presents. And oh, my God, we didn't even deserve that. Seriously. And disclaimer, I started working when I was 15 years old. Okay, so I don't want y'all thinking that I was that that spoiled because I did work my butt off. Okay. I've worked since I was 15 years old. Thank you. I beg to differ because I believe you are extremely spoiled still right now till this day by mom and dad, but it's all good, you know? (laughs) Okay. Whatever. What? They love me. Okay. If that's called spoiling, then yes, they spoil me rotten. You know what I'm saying? This is keeping it 300. Ooh, that was about 150. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Shut up. Okay. Maybe I'm a little spoiled. Okay. But anyways, and I'm 34. It's sad. But, um, because my parents, 
parents have done so much for me in my life and continue to do a lot for me. Uh, if I need something, I can call them. Uh, the past five years, I cannot lie. I spoil my parents for Christmas. And as you should. Yes. Yes. But here's the thing, James. So I bought them watches, iPad, MacBook, sound system, etc. Yeah. Tell me why. The iPad doesn't get used. The sound system is still in the box. I got that from my dad two, three years ago. Oh, and remember when TiVo was big? Mm-hmm. Okay, my sister bought them a TiVo like maybe over a decade ago. I can't remember. And it is still in the box upstairs in our bonus room. So I told you. They don't require all that. It's crazy. No, it's not about that. I'm saying now they're ungrateful. So like the time has turned. <laughs> we have given up on them. And I feel like it's payback for us. You know what I'm saying? So now we just give them cheap yet thoughtful gifts and that will do the job. Yeah. I'm w- and I'm with you on that. You know what I mean? It's the thought that counts, man. It's crazy just, you know, the simple things. People appreciate a lot more than you going out buying them a TV or buying them TiVo or, you know, sound system. All. It's the simple things. It might be a letter you write your dad or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you for everything. That might mean more to him than everything. He might put it in his wallet, always take it out. You know what I mean? It might mean more to him. It's the simple things. And that's what I learned, man. Like, these kids, they don't, they don't need all that. It's the simple things. They don't really care. So... I try not to spoil them too bad, but it's still hard, though. Well, I have to ask you this. Do you spoil your wife? I have a feeling that you do spoil Tamika, though, on Christmas. <laughs> um, I, I try to, but, you know, she, she, she's simple. She doesn't require a lot, but I, I try to, though. But, uh, you know, just, I mean, I think just over the years, over the year, you know, I'll, I'll kind of see some of the stuff that she she needs, you know what I mean? So I try to just kind of you know, check stuff out like, oh, she don't got that. She don't got that, you know, and, you know, she might use this. So I try to do that over the years. So when Christmas comes, it's easy. I know some of the stuff she wants, but no, she don't require a lot. But yeah, I try to, sometimes I go overboard and then sometimes, you know, I don't. So, you know, it depends, but I try to make sure she has a good Christmas too. Well, me and my husband, we haven't bought gifts for each other since before we got married? Man, that's, I mean... That's our rule. That, I want to say that, I know, but I want to say that's good and bad because right. you don't got to really worry about getting no gifts. But at the same time, I mean, shoot, you want to give each other a gift just to say, you know, I appreciate you or something, you know, thank you for being my wife, thank you for being my <laughs> husband and all that, you know, I just... Even if it's nothing big, like even I just feel like even if you guys said, all right, look, we're going to spend twenty dollars, you know what I'm saying? But at least get somebody some a card or something. I don't know. That's just so. Me. So I need to go tell Nick that, like, you are hating and disrespecting the way that we celebrate Christmas. <laughs> no, I'm not hating <laughs> at all. You guys do what works for you. But I'm just saying, you know, he has to deal with you. <laughs> For a year, every year, you have to deal with him for a year, every year. I mean, at least it should be like, thank you for dealing with me. You know what I mean? Here goes a car. Go get your free coffee on me, babe. You know something. (laughs) See, now here's what I will say. He does kind of do thoughtful things throughout the year. So that's my quote unquote Christmas, I guess you would say. But, But the thing is with us. We decided a long time ago, literally since we got married, 2014, no more gifts for Christmas. That was our rule. Now, I will say this. Like, even like three months ago, we wanted to buy a new TV for a living room. So we bought a 65-inch TV for a living room. And then we were like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is going to be our Christmas present to ourselves. Like, we'll buy a group, kind of like a group gift. Like, for the house, Uh this is how we spoil ourselves. And we'll just say it's our Christmas gift. So I think that's kind of fair. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it works out. I mean, if y'all agree on that type stuff like that. But, you know, I still... Think a gift card or something, you know what I mean? Thank you. Here, go get some ice cream on me, you know. 
relax a little bit. You've been deal, dealing with me for a year. But, hey, you guys got a program that works. Keep doing it. Do you guys uh, get, like, a big Christmas tree and stuff? Is that a big part of your family celebration? I do. I do because – and that's, that's one of the biggest things for me because when I was growing up in the homeless shelters, motels, and all that, my mom would always get, like, a very little tree, like, from Walgreens and all that and, like, put it up. You know what I mean? Zero presents can go under it. But – it lit up and it was kind of like, dang, that was our thing. Like, dang, Christmas is coming, man. So I always loved like Christmas trees. Like, even though I knew my mom couldn't get us a big one, yeah. you know what I mean? She always had one in there. So I always loved like wanting a big tree and, you know, all the family always gets together and decorates it and, you know, put stuff together. I always thought that was, that was huge. Always something that I wanted to do. So here's what's crazy. Like, you know, our family, we've always had a huge Christmas tree. I always decorated with my mom, et cetera. That's like the biggest thing. For her, go to a tree farm, get a fresh tree, not no fake tree, a fresh tree that smells, you know, you can smell yeah, the pine. Yeah, had a house smelling all good, yeah. yeah. So when I met my husband, he never had a tree growing up, ever. And mm-hmm. it wasn't because they didn't celebrate Christmas, because they do, they, you know, celebrate Jesus's birth. Um, they just don't like, you know, how Christmas has been sensationalized, you know, with all the gifts, et cetera, and everything else that comes with it. So I have begged him every year. If I can get a tree mm-hmm. and every year he says no. And I'm like devastated every year. Yeah. So <laughs> I just like live vicariously through my mom. I'm like, send me pictures of your tree, you know? <laughs> um, but guess what? This year, somehow, some way I convinced him and he allowed me to get a tree. There you and go. And they ain't nothing wrong. They ain't nothing wrong with a tree from Walmart. Cause let me Not tell you, at all. I got a seven foot fake pre-lit tree from Walmart and I decorate it all with gold and silver and it looks so like I don't know, like a upscale bougie kind of tree. Not gonna lie, yeah, I did it. I was about to say, go ahead and just say bougie. It look bougie, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because you know why? It looks like a high end tree because I have never had a tree. I had to make up for all the four years that you know I haven't had a tree with my husband. Yeah, that's sweet. Ain't nothing wrong with a tree from Walmart, man. Hey, as long <laughs> as the tree is in there and light up, man, it's Christmas time. And I said it don't matter where it come from. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty pumped. Not gonna lie, I just like sit by it every night and like, yeah, I finally got a tree. See, so that right there is the reason why when Nick wakes up he should have a card or something under the tree because he let you go get a tree. I think he was kind of telling you, hint, hint, I better have a gift under that tree if I let you get a tree. We're not even spending Christmas together this year. He's going to Houston and I'm going to California so let's not talk about it. Anyways, we're going to move on. He's actually the Grinch. I called him the Grinch for four years so he came through this year. He came through. All right, so let's move on. Um, I read an article yesterday about the Monday Night Football crew. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is uh, made up of Joe Tessitore, Jason Wynn, and Booger McFarland. And if you're on Twitter, as you are, everybody else knows, if you're on Twitter, you have seen that they have taken a lot of heat and criticism this season. And they know it because Jason Wynn said so in his article. He hears what people are saying. Now, being a broadcaster myself, I hate to see it. But it comes with the territory, of course. Um, and here's the thing. So let me just go on my little rant real quick and you can step in. But um, when it was Mike Tirico and John Gruden, that was like the dream team of broadcasting right there. Yeah. So there's no way they compare, no way that they can live up to that standard. Even when Sean McDonough took over for Tirico, people hated it. Yeah. And I think Sean is a great play-by-play voice, but you know, it wasn't the quote-unquote dream team that people were spoiled with when it was Tirico and Gruden. Now, some of the criticism that Jason Wooden is getting is warranted. 
Okay, he he's very green. He's stiff. He's awkward at times. But it is not his fault that the executives chose him to be the color analyst. He never should have been the front runner. And apparently Kurt Warner and even Brett Favre auditioned for the job. But I'm going to say this. I was terrible, terrible when I started in the business over a decade ago. I should not have been allowed to be on air, uh, but I got more reps, you know, and I got better. And let's face it, James, most former athletes do not transition well to broadcasting, especially the broadcast booth. Tony Romo is the very rare exception. He is incredible. This is definitely his calling. No, I, I absolutely agree. And, um, you know, I've watched a lot of Monday night games. As you know, I do the, the TA after the Monday night games with uh, Jones, Drew, Reggie Wayne, and Cole Wright, and we have a ball out there. So we're able to hear Oh, and so you're going to plug your show on the NFL Network, but you're not going to plug our podcast uh, at The Herd? You see what you just did there? You see oh, what man. you did there? See, get the hate out your heart. I'm just I'm, – I'm going somewhere with this. to Get the hate out your heart, please. Okay, okay? go ahead. I can't believe it, but go ahead. So we hear, you know, Jason – we hear Booger and all those guys up there. And like anything, this is year one. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You have to get comfortable with the people you're working with. You have to get comfortable being in the booth. I mean, it's a process. You're not just going to come out there, you know, and just year one, just crush it. And everybody's like, he's the best we've ever seen. I mean, it's going to be growing pains. And I think as the season went on, I think Jason Witten has gotten a lot better. I think Booger has gotten a lot better. I think they, they started to kind of, you know, understand to get a feel for each other and things like that. So I like them bringing them back for another year because look, it is you're not gonna have overnight success, man. Stress, especially in this business, it's, it's gonna take time. So let him just keep working on it. I think, I think he'll be fine. But the the other thing I will say is is I don't know how much better it's going to get and the reason why and the reason why I say that is because personality wise like even when Jason Witten played he his personality wasn't like that he you know was what just I'm saying like even yeah. yes he he had he had kind of a dry personality like even when Tony Romo played you can see his personality you know obviously you can see Gruden's personality we all know Brett Favre has a personality yep. you know what I'm saying yep. so I mean I think he will get better but personality wise like if people are trying to get the John Gruden and all them guys back in there and want that same type you know chemistry and you know all the stuff they heard you're not going to hear that from Jason Witten you know I was going to say that I was going to say the exact same thing that you're saying that you can tell if someone's going to be a good broadcaster based on the way or how they were with the media during their playing days and you could tell he wasn't this big boisterous personality during his playing days he was just the leader of the Dallas Cowboys or one of the leaders and and when you say you know you could tell Tony Romo was going to be good Philip Rivers is going to be good if he ever wanted to be in the broadcast booth. Let's be real. Yeah, Philip Rivers brings energy. Like, no matter what he's talking about, the way he delivers the message, you're going to want to tune in just because he's so passionate about it and things like that. But then again, I mean, you don't want to jump the gun on Philip Rivers, <laughs> too. It's easy. It's easy to sit here and, you know, answer questions with a lot of, you know what I mean, energy and a lot of passion and things like that. But when you're in the booth, 
quote, then you got to, you know, <laughs> create your own questions and, you know, you're just reacting to the game. I mean, that that's hard no matter how long you played. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to do, and it's an adjustment. Now, personality-wise, would I put my money on Phillip Rivers will be very good? Yes. Same. But then again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't either because at the same time I know how hard it is. But if I was ever going to, like, if I was the man in charge and I said had the chance to pick my Monday night crew, I'm definitely going to get guys that had personality. And I might I might miss. They, they might be terrible. But I think when you have personality and things like that, it makes it a whole lot easier. And I think Jason Wooden, just personality-wise, he's, he's never been that guy. I know, and you can't force him to be that guy. If he's not that guy, you can't force him. No, I think he's doing a great – I think he's doing a great job for his personality. You know, and you can't compare him to Gruden, different personality. You know what I'm saying? You can't compare them to Tariko, you, you know, but I think that, you know, he's doing well for, you know, his personality. Booger's doing very well. I like Booger out there, man, on the sideline. I, I think he brings he brings some good insight and things like that, but I think they'll get better over time. It'll be good. The funny thing is a lot of people don't like Booger out there on his little uh... – Perch, man, it's, it's it's all it's always haters out there. But always you know gonna be haters. Yeah, but that's what so. I'm saying. You can't please everybody. You have haters. Yeah. I have haters. Everybody yeah. has haters. Not everyone's gonna love you. And that's it. And and especially especially in the TV business, mm-hmm. you can't please everybody. I thought playing football, you couldn't please everybody. But it's worse <laughs> in the TV business. You cannot. You cannot please everybody in the TV business. You got to go with what you believe yeah. in, and that's and that's what it is. You can't worry about trying to please everybody. You know, people obviously can't have the seamless transition into broadcasting like you had, but I remember uh, when you were with the Raiders and we asked you to come into our studio um, at NBC Sports Bay Area to be on one of our live shows. Mm-hmm. And as your friend... I was so nervous for you (laughs) because I've seen you like do obviously one-on-one interviews with me out in the field and stuff, but that's different. Right. And and, and I was really nervous. You have no idea. And, um, you killed it. I I was really impressed. And I remember telling you after I'm going to get you a copy of the show so you can give it to your (laughs) agent or your marketing guy. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. Because I was like, yeah, uh, this is something that you were thinking of doing after football. And then look how it turned out. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy because even when I think the one thing that helped me and I, I I was telling people this today, when I was in Green Bay, me, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, we hosted a show called Inside the Huddle. Mm. So we each would, you know, over the 16 game season, we each would split shows and do the show. But I had my own radio show out there oh. and we never really talked football. Like we'll, we we would t- one of the topics would be about football. If we lost, what happened, James? What went on? Yeah. If we won, why were you guys so successful? And we'll get it out the way. And then after that, yeah, it's all jokes, all just personality. Even the guest I had on, I would tell them every week, this is all about your personality. Come bring your personality. We crack jokes. Yeah. And I think that has helped me on TV because it it allowed me to understand like how to bring my personality out you know what I mean how to kind of tell stories you know and be able to you know interact with the fans and all that telling stories wise because that's what fans want to hear they want to hear stories because they've never been in the locker room they can google any stats that they want to but they've never been in the locker room so they want to hear stories so that has helped me uh you know with this transition because if I if there's ever a topic that I feel like I'm struggling with I instantly tell myself tell a story because you you do not know what you're talking about right (laughs) (laughs) 
So go ahead and tell a story, you know. So that 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 has helped me. That's a really good uh, tip. You know, yeah, having those radio shows and all that. And it's funny you say that, there. though, because people who uh, listen to our podcast will text me, oh, my God, I didn't know that about James. Or like, oh, my God, he told a story one time when he was in Green Bay, et cetera, et cetera. And they love Love yeah. that because as you as you said, people can just go and Google stats or go to NFL.com, etc. Yeah, you know what's crazy, Fallon? Speak. I got to get this out before I forget. Speaking of the radio show in Green Bay, yeah. Like I said, we always talk crazy stuff, so I want to get this question out to you right now before I forget it oh. because we talk we talked about this for probably seven weeks straight. We <laughs> we called a thousand fans, had a thousand phone calls. What what would you prefer and all this type of stuff? Okay. So this is it. I want to see what type of person you are because it's a funny question. So <laughs> we asked the fans this question. Okay. For the rest of your life, would you rather not wash your bath towel <laughs> or not wash your bed sheets? For the rest of your life. So you have one bath towel. You cannot wash it for the rest of your life. Or your bed sheets for the rest of your life. Which one will you choose? Oh, that's easy. I will not wash my bath towel. You want to know why? Oh, my goodness. No, you want to know why? Yeah, yeah, that's dirty because yeah, that's no, not what. Because <laughs> now that I'm thinking about this, I'm like, damn, I should have said the other thing. But anyways, I'm going to stick with it. Okay, I'm going to stick with it. I'm not a quitter. You, you can change. I know, you I'm, not, change. I'm not a quitter. I'm going to stick with this, damn it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not a quitter. Um, so uh, I'm saying this because in the shower, you could always wash your bath towel no <laughs> oh hold on no you were talking about your bath towel oh my god now i feel like an idiot because you know i was thinking about a washcloth yeah your bath yeah to dry off oh. yes when you get out the towel when you get out the shower to dry off you cannot wash that towel oh. for the rest of your life or you cannot wash your bed well, sheets. Then that's which easy. one do you then, want okay out? that's easy then shoot now wash your bed sheets because you can always go in the shower and get clean exactly now now i know who i'm talking to on the other side of the oh, phone but you wouldn't know how many people said that they would rather wash their bed sheets because of bed bugs and all that type stuff they don't want all that and they would rather wash it and just shower and dry off with the same towel for the rest what, of their what? life and That's i'm like horrible. you are out of your mind because i'm gonna sleep with those bed bugs i'm gonna know them by first name <laughs> i'm gonna talk to them and all that and i'm gonna get out that bed <laughs> and i'm gonna shower. take a shower with a fresh towel every single day okay i feel really stupid but i Probably just didn't like listen to your question carefully because I thought you meant like a um, wash towel. Yeah, no, 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 not wash, not a washcloth. Just your, your bath, bath towel. towel get that out, you dry, dry off for the rest of your life. It got, I'm not you don't dirty. Wash it it got to be crusty. It got to be hard. Dry them, just dirty. Okay, for all the people <laughs> out there, I am not dirty. Okay, I. <laughs> but I'm telling you, if you ask people that, I promise you, it's a lot of people say they would not, they would want to wash their bed sheets and just shower and dry off with the old crusty towel for the rest of their life that's because the they worst don't want thing the I ever bed bug. But that makes seriously no sense because you can be dirty in the bed and then go get clean in the shower. I, and that's what I was telling people. I promise you, we argued about this for a year straight in Green Bay. Oh Every guest God. that I had on the show for a year straight, we asked them that question, and I promise you it was 50-50. Everybody would look at me like, James, you're dirty, man. You go, you're not washing your bed sheets? And I said, you guys are going to have fungus, man, because you exactly. got to dry it off with the same towel for the rest. That's dirty. You know how hard and yeah. crusty that towel is going to be? I said, you guys are dirty. But it was just a good, a good conversation. 
That's actually really funny. How people, what people thought. But yeah, I'm definitely washing my bath towel and yeah, I'll just sleep with the bed bugs. I have a good hygiene, everyone. I just did not listen to his question carefully. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just for the record. Okay. <laughs> the record. I like really feel stupid, but anyways. But, but everybody might be saying James and Fallon are tripping. They do not have good hygiene. I'm washing my bed sheets. So nope. it'll be good to see what the fans think of that. You could sleep in mud and then guess what? You get to go in the shower. Hello and get clean. Makes no sense. Um, I'm with you. I, oh I agree God. with you, but other people might not. They don't want them bed bugs. Get them rashes <laughs> and all that on your body. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just wrap up this little segment because um, back to the Monday Night Football crew, real quick. I just feel kind of bad for Jason Wynn because he's on the biggest stage of football broadcasting, you know, uh, which people work their whole life to get on yeah. and never get the opportunity to do so. But because he's a former athlete, boom, he's in. Yeah. But they made a huge mistake because they should have just hired him to do studio shows first and then have him transition to the broadcast booth, you know, later down the line. Now, ESPN executives apparently said they're going to give him more reps on live TV throughout the year in 2019 before the season rolls around so he gets more comfortable. So we'll see. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him to get better. Yeah, and then you got to realize, Jason Witten had to understand that this was going to come with the job. People are going to criticize you. I mean, you're not going to be perfect. People are going to get on you. You cannot listen to what other people got going on out there, what they think. You just got to keep on trying to get better at your job, not worry about all that. And then as for the TV, we all know how TV works. If you hear that if you hear that James Jones is going to be the host for Monday Night Football or you hear Jason Witten is going to be there with his name, you're going to tune in to see him. So, yeah. you know, and, and hear how he calls a game. His name is bigger than mine. So, I mean, that's part of it. But you can't worry about what all these other people talk about. You know, they're going to talk anyway. I still can't get over that question now. I'm like thinking about it now every week. We <laughs> you, ask, you should just ask Twitter people every week to argue with you. Like, I cannot get over that now. I'm like, damn. I'm telling you, it was crazy dude like people would people would call into the show like james is out of his mind he wouldn't wash his bed sheets and i'm like no you're out of your mind <laughs> because you wouldn't wash your bath towel then people will call in i agree with james i'm washing my bath towel. i don't uh, care about the bed sheets and everybody it was it was just a great just to see how people thought it was it was great it was a great discussion but i think you literally just came up with um well, well for those who don't know uh, we were talking about coming up with a signature segment that we can have on our podcast each week and also post on Twitter each week, just that segment. And he was thinking we should do what? Who's right? Yes. But now we should kind of do like an either or type of thing because I think that would be a, a good idea. Yeah. I think you just came up with our signature segment. I'm with you. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Okay, so moving on. I know you don't have a lot of time again, but uh, we'll talk about the Pro Bowl and mm-hmm. Pro Bowl snaps. So yeah. uh, 2018 Pro Bowl selections were announced. Every year, of course, James, there are going to be guys who feel they were snubbed and who were actually yeah. snubbed, and this year was yeah. no different. Now, There were a ton of snubs, but I want to talk about the receivers specifically for a specific reason. Now, (laughs) you're going to know why. So let me set this up. Um, I was pretty shocked that Juju Smith-Schuster didn't make the Pro Bowl. You and me both. Yeah, I thought him and Antonio Brown were both going to be selected, okay, even though they play for the same team, but they put up ridiculous numbers. Now, A.B., of course, made it. Juju uh, did not. And he has the second most receiving yards in the NFL right now behind 
DeAndre Hopkins. No, 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 no. That can't be because Julio's number one, right? Maybe I feel stupid. Maybe he's third. I was looking at the wrong thing. But he has more than A.B. Yes, he definitely has more than A.B. because we're talking about a segment on the network today, and they asked me my biggest Pro Bowl snub, and I said it's Juju. How do you – how is a guy that – you have stats better than on your team go to the Pro Bowl over you. I don't understand. Okay, so here, here's my point. I feel stupid because I forgot about Julio, but I think I – oh, you know why? I was looking at um, AFC. Yeah. So he's second in the AFC. My bad. Okay. And then um, – but that's what I meant. Anyways, another stupid – Who's first in the AFC? Um, DeAndre. Oh, okay. DeAndre yeah. Hopkins first in yeah, the AFC. DeAndre. Okay. So it's DeAndre. Right, no, yeah. I didn't know. I'm yeah, it's I DeAndre. Okay. So uh, anyway, so – Juju has the second most receiving yards in the AFC. There you go. That was that was yeah. right now. Uh, which means he has more yards than AB. But here's the thing, and this goes to my point. Um, AB has more touchdowns, 13. Yeah. Juju has six. With that yeah. being said, James, if you're going to base this and base the Pro Bowl selections on number of touchdowns, then you personally have a bone to pick with the voting process because back in 2012, <laughs> you led the league in touchdowns and you did not make the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And you know what, Fallon? And I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> like, as you as you brought that up right now, I was about to hang the phone up. But, you know, I just wanted to respect, you know, you and our podcast. But, you know, I just – when I look back on that 2012 year, you know, I led the whole league, not just receivers – but the whole league, running backs, tight ends, everybody, nobody that whole season had more touchdowns than me. And I just thought like, okay, if you're first in something, (laughs) you should be in the Pro Bowl. You know, just like if anybody is first in interceptions, they're going to the Pro Bowl. If you're first in sacks, you're going to the Pro Bowl. You know, so I'm just like, oh, man, I led the whole league in touchdowns. I'm going to be in the Pro Bowl, you know. And when they brought it out, and I'm like, okay, I didn't make it. Oh, and I'm not an alternate? Lord have mercy. I said, okay, all right, this league is just all about who your name is, and you're going to get in the Pro Bowl. And that's how I took it. And I was I was all right with that. You know, Larry Fitzgerald's name is bigger than mine. You know, at the time they put him in, I think he had four touchdowns or something, you know, so I could have lent him some touchdowns, you know, and still have more than him. But I understand he has a big name, you know, you're coming to the Pro Bowl at that time. Who do you want to see? You want to see Larry Fitzgerald or you want to see James Jones? You want to see Larry, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I, under- I understand that. And, you know, it's cold. It's a cold business cold because business. it's not about what you have done over your career. It's about that year, that season. That's why the Pro Bowl comes around every season because it's about what have you done that year. And I felt like that year – I was one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League, and my numbers showed it, but they didn't think so. And the funny thing about it all is when I came back to Green Bay in 15 and I had eight touchdowns, I was the first alternate. <laughs> I'm like, how, how is this possible? That now that my name is a, now, now that my name is a little bigger and people know who James Jones is, now all of a sudden I get a get a couple votes. But you know that's the name of the game. But yeah, Juju should definitely be in there. You know, you're second in the AFC. Okay, actually, let me correct you, that. Are, let me correct that though because I was looking at uh, NFL.com stats, which I'm sorry, your whole stat system is effed up. Um, and then it goes based on receptions for you guys, which is he has 95, so he leads you know, uh, with receptions. However, it's actually DeAndre Hopkins, then Tyreek Hill, 
And Tyreek Hill has 30 more receiving yards than Juju Smith-Schuster, but he's third in the AFC in uh, receiving how yards. Many, how many catches does Tyreek have? 78. Oh, he's killing them in catches, though. I know, 95 receptions. 95 receptions yeah. is uh, what Schuster has. So Yeah, but that's letting you know Tyreek should be, whoo Tyreek is yakking it oh, up. Yeah. When he catches it, he is gone. Average is 16.7 yards yeah. uh, per reception. That's freaking ridiculous. But anyways, yeah, I feel stupid, man. Maybe I should just edit this whole segment out. <laughs> I'm no, like, you're good. I'm like, you I messed that whole thing up. You just messed up. AFC. You just was talking AFC. You were right. No, so but he's third, good. He's but, third uh, in the AFC, actually. I know, but I still feel like if somebody has to be out of there, even though I love this guy, but I think Keenan, Keenan Allen has to be out and Juju has to be in. You don't have 97 catches, 1,200 yards. Ca- 95 and, catches. Uh, 95 catches, 1,200 yards, and, and six touchdowns and not make the Pro Bowl and Keenan Allen has 88 catches, I believe, barely a thousand yards, and um, I think he might have six touchdowns or something. Uh, who Keenan? You talking about Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen, yeah. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Keenan Allen has 88 receptions, a uh, thousand seventy-four yards, and six touchdowns. Juju Smith-Schuster, 95 receptions, 1,274 yards, and six touchdowns. I mean, and and here's the thing: and you're yeah, doing he- it on a team. You're doing it on a team that has Antonio Brown. Yeah. Imagine if Antonio Brown wasn't there. His numbers would probably be ridiculous. I mean, I'm saying you have you have more catches and yards than Antonio Brown and Keenan Allen. I mean, some got to go. Some got to go. But um, uh, since we are a Bay Area podcast, uh, we'll talk about the Raiders real quick. <laughs> uh, they had zero selections mm-hmm. for the second time, only the second time in franchise history. But that is obviously what happens when you have won just three games. But in my opinion, there were two snubs, and that was Jared Cook. And Rodney Hudson. Hudson, he did not give up a sack and hasn't given up a sack all year long. And he ranks first in pass blocking efficiency. Now, Jared Cook, he ranks second in the AFC in yards, just behind Travis Kelsey, as far as tight ends go. Um, And Kelsey and Eric Ebron are the ones who were named uh, to the Pro Bowl. Now, Cook has nearly 200 more receiving yards than Ebron, but... He has Ebron, uh, 12 touchdowns. Cook has six. So that, again, the deciding factor was number of touchdowns, which brings me to my original point. How the heck did you not make the Pro Bowl in 2012? Alan, I was just about to ask you the same question. It's crazy how touchdowns mean something now, huh? (laughs) Maybe they learned from you. Maybe they learned from you. I do not know. I have no clue. But like I said, my feelings are still hurt. I think they owe me a Pro Bowl still, but it's all good. You know, hey, guess it wasn't supposed to happen. It wasn't meant to be but you know i'm just glad i i'm still able to say in 2012 you led the league okay nobody say they have more touchdowns than nope me. nope nope um but cook hudson and coleccio simile for those who care they were named as alternates but that's still not the same uh and before we go we're gonna wrap up because you gotta get going um you know what i'm about to ask you but i'm gonna set it up real quick for the people who don't know <laughs> um so Austin Carter Samuels, he's a former college quarterback. I'm not sure if you know who he is, but he's from San Jose. He went to Bellarmine High School. He played quarterback at the University of Wyoming uh, for two years when I was actually covering the team, which was really crazy. And then he transferred to Vanderbilt. And now he happens to be on the coaching staff at Mizzou. Um, And he's writing a book right now, and he wants it to be a resource for prospective athletes or even struggling college athletes who are throwing away their careers, you know, because of ignorance or, or lack of perspective. Uh, because as you know, kids these days, they need instant gratification, right? Um, and Trent Dilfer and Maurice Claret are actually helping him with this book. And so he asked me, he's like, can you do me a favor? Uh, can you ask James this question for me? Um, knowing what you know now, James, 
If you had the chance to tell the freshman James Jones something, the freshman at San Jose State, what would it be? Ooh, that is a very good question. Um, well, if I had a chance to tell the freshman James Jones something, I would tell him, stop chasing these women out here and focus on what you have to do because I will never forget in college I look in the stands I see two girls that I'm messing with and I'm like out of the game oh my goodness what are they telling each other this is all of the day they're sitting right I'm out there dropping balls I'm not focused so the young James Jones would not be chasing these girls. I would have focused. I would have had me one good girl. I would have focused, and I would have just been just balling out there on the football field, not having to worry about chasing all these girls. That's what I would have told the young James. But how about no girls at all? Why did you need one girl? You said you would have had one girl. Why do you need any girls? Well, I mean, you need so you need somebody to talk oh. to. You know what I'm saying? You need some support and all that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Tamika was all that support and stuff for me. I need somebody to vent when I come home, yeah, whether good game, bad game. You need somebody to talk to and all that type of stuff. But I just wasn't. I wasn't trying to be a young whippersnapper out there and just focus <laughs> on doing what you got to do, you know what I'm saying, and not be worried about chasing all these girls that's at college. You know, I think a lot of young kids, you know, struggle with that. You come to college, you see all these girls. I mean, you're, getting, you're going to all these parties, and, you know, you're really not focused, man. So my advice to y'all, man, especially the freshman James Jones, man, focus on what you got to do. Don't be out there chasing all these girls because I promise you, man, life will be easier. You'll play better. If you just got one girl, it'll be much easier, and you have you'll have a lot of success. You know what, uh, Maurice Claret? I don't have his quote up right now, but what he said was he would have challenged himself to find something he was passionate about outside of football or outside of sports in general. That's a that's a very good one too, man. But I don't know. I I always tell myself uh, if you got a backup plan, you're not truly dedicating yourself to that number one plan. And I always was like, listen, I'm going to the National Football League by any means necessary, no matter what I got to do to get there. There is no backup plan. And if something happens, I'll figure it out later. You know what I'm saying? But right now, I got all my eggs in one basket, and I'm going to dedicate myself to this, work extremely hard, and I'm going to get there. And now, obviously, your answer uh, was simple, like, don't chase the girls. Don't chase the girls. Trust me, they're going to be there down the road as well. Ain't no need to chase them right now. Okay, and so on a more serious serious note though I mean I mean I'm not trying to hate on you or anything but I just thought you were going to give me something a little more powerful Uh, is it just that simple that's really the advice that you would give a kid absolutely because when when young kids come in and they have a certain amount of success or you come out of high school and you're a baller and you come you you're a very good recruit they're throw all these girls. They throwing themselves yeah. at you, and at the end of the day, it takes away from how focused you are about football and yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta you gotta hit the books to be eligible to play football. You know what I'm saying? And then when you get on the field, you don't want to be worrying about Dane. Is is Nicole sitting next to? 
to to Shan in the in the in the stance, and now you're not focused, you're not playing your best. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if you're trying to make it to the National Football League, you know you need to be focused at all time and not be having them them type of distractions. Yeah. You know, and chasing these girls cause a lot of distractions. You know, even if it's the girls causing the drama and things like that, you kind of got yourself in that situation chasing them, and now you're going into a game like, dang, I just got off the phone with my girl, we arguing and all that. Man. She done found this out and that. It's just it's stressful. It's too much. You juggling too much. Leave the girls alone. Focus on school and football. The girls are always going to be there. I promise you down the road, and I promise you you'll have more success on the football field. Also, to take your advice a step further, make sure you are surrounded by the right people. Don't put yourself in a position where you can be falsely accused of something. You know what I mean? No like, doubt about it. Yep. You know, you go to a party and there's all these girls who obviously want to be with you because you're a college football player or college basketball player. And then all of a sudden your name is in the paper because someone accused you of something. Mm -hmm. Don't put yourself in that position. Be smart. Absolutely. Hang around the right people. Do the right things. It's kind of simple as that. No doubt. All right. Well, I know you got to go. I was going to give you my uh, freshman self thing, but I know you got to go. Go ahead. Go. Get it out. What's yours? How you much can, time you, you got, Jay? We can't just lead a podcast and you not tell yours and I tell mine. Okay, Don't worry well, about I the time. You, tell th- us okay, yours. Fine. What's up? What do you tell the young freshman <laughs> Fallon? <laughs> no, the, the funny thing is one of them is similar because I feel like I ruined the first two years of my college career my college fun because i had a boyfriend Dang, I, I hope he's not listening to this i hope he's he like, is Dang, that's yeah, i hope he is shoot his name is christopher dunbar Dang, he ruined my life no, i'm just oh, kidding he's about to cancel this podcast nah, <laughs> no i'm just kidding i know that's defamation of character no i'm just kidding yeah. but it's because you know it was like my first ever boyfriend and i was in love and la 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 so i stopped talking to my friends i was just always around him i felt like i didn't get the college experience because i was always clinging on to him oh my god i really look at the freshman me and and I'm just like you should be ashamed and embarrassed of yourself but that was not where I was going to be honest I was literally going to say two things that you think is simple but um and maybe even dorky but pay attention in class and read now it may sound dumb but it's not look I was a 4.0 student uh, but it was because I would cram for a test, you know, the night before and then forget all the information after. Now that I'm older, I regret not absorbing all the information and the curriculum that I was taught, especially when it comes to like world history. Like I watch Jeopardy all the time and I feel like an idiot because I can't get anything right. <laughs> um, and then as far as reading goes, I would tell myself to read because because I used to hate reading and Reading helps with so many things, especially increasing your vocabulary and being in my business. That's very important. Um, And I'm a good writer as far as creativity goes. But to be honest, I don't have a wide vocabulary, at least not as wide as I would like. Um, And so, again, reading, you know, helps increase one's vocabulary. And I find myself looking up a bunch of words and, and looking up like the synonym to a certain word so I can get another option and sound smart. Um, but yeah, it's simple as that. I would tell the younger self to pay attention in class, you dum dumb, and, and read more. A lot of people say, oh, I would tell, you know, the younger me, work hard, never give up. You know, it's not easy, but it will come if you work hard. I didn't need that. I didn't need to hear that. Cause guess what? I lived that. I worked four jobs in college, you know, uh, I graduated still in four years. I paid my dues going to, you know, going to Wyoming and Tennessee, and I never gave up when I could have. So that was never something that someone needed to tell me. But it was like those simple things. Honestly, pay attention to class and read. 
it sounds really stupid, but it's not. You know, I kind of feel like I would have never told you to share what you said because (laughs) I wish we would have just ended the podcast because you're telling people (laughs) to go to class and read. Hold on. Why is that bad? Okay, James, let's not even, James, if we're going to keep it 100, I'm going to be, I will put you on blast right now. I'm just saying, man, you know, I was almost going to sleep, but it's all good. Oh my God, that was so rude, but I think that that was very honest. No, and it was very honest. You know, that's what you feel. That's what I feel. I feel like stop chasing these girls. I was keeping it 300, then you hated on me. And, and I mean, that's what you feel. Go to class, pay attention, you know what I'm saying? Cause especially as athletes, I mean, we're all in the back row. You know what I'm saying? We're not paying attention. We're not focused. You know what I'm saying? And then some of them don't make it to the National Football League, and you was in the back, and you don't know what's going on. So I agree. Yeah, okay, but you're going to hate on me still. <laughs> it's all good. Okay, anyways, thanks for taking the time, <laughs> James, out of your busy schedule over at the NFL Network. Um, next time you're on the, the herd, make sure you plug us, okay, because that's very important well, next time. I'll try to do what I could do when I could do it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show. This was a fun one for us. For James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace. Hey.